Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the Fortress of the Mind. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a recent article that I read on NPR, or rather heard on NPR radio as I was driving to work. And the subject of the article was The Vanishing Men. And this article purported to explain the reasons for why so many men have dropped out of society and are leaving the workforce or have already left the workforce. And I wanted to do this because it just shows how mendacious, how lying, and how out of touch the mainstream media is when it comes to talking about issues involving men and masculinity. And you'll understand, if you needed any further proof of it, just how profoundly we've been betrayed and stabbed in the back by this mainstream media establishment, which will do anything go through any number of contortions, go through any number of lies, obfuscations, and excuses to avoid talking about the real issues affecting men today, which is a spiritual crisis, a crisis of the spirit, and not a crisis of economics. And I think the best way to do this is first to review some of the salient points in this article and then talk about them and see what we can conclude. So let's do that. This is an article on NPR, and I put it at the top of my Twitter feed, if you want to take a look at it. It's called, An Economic Mystery, Why Are Men Leaving the Workforce? by Yuki Noguchi. I'm sure she's a well-meaning journalist, but totally clueless when it comes to the real issues. Notice the title of the article, An Economic Mystery. Just by choosing that title, she's narrowed and categorized the issue as an economic issue rather than a social issue or a spiritual or cultural issue. So right away, the title of the article betrays the bias. The title betrays the bias. Because I propose that the crisis affecting men today is not an economic one, so much, as it, so much as it is a spiritual and cultural one. A self-inflicted one, no less. A self-inflicted one. The article says, At 4.9%, the nation's unemployment rate is half of what it was at the height of the Great Recession. But that number hides a big problem. Millions of men in their prime working years have dropped out of the workforce, meaning they aren't working or even looking for a job. It's a trend that's held true for decades and has economists puzzled. Gee, they're just scratching their chins. They just can't understand why things could be as they are. The article article goes on to say, in the 1960s, nearly 100% of men between the ages of 25 and 54 worked. That's fallen over the decades. In a recent report, President Obama's Council of Economic Advisors said 83% of men in the prime working ages of 25 to 54 who were not in the labor force had not worked in the previous year. So essentially 10 million men are missing from the workforce. One in six prime age guys has no job. It's kind of worse than it was in the Depression in 1940, says Nicholas Elberstadt an economist and demographic researcher at American Enterprise Institute who wrote the book Men Without Work, America's Invisible Crisis. 
He says these men aren't even counted among the jobless because they aren't seeking work. Elberstadt says little is known about the missing men. Little is known, according to him. Well, we know a lot about them. If you've had your pulse on the manosphere, if you've been attuned to the trends going on among men in the past 20 years, you have no doubt what the reasons are. You have no doubt. But of course, the article goes on to say, Indeed, economists say technology and overseas competition are displacing many jobs. The number of people collecting disability insurance like Barnes has also increased. Interesting how they try to fob off the reasons for the crisis to these vague, abstract uh, uh, you know, quantities like technology and overseas competition. You, you, see, you can't fight against technology and overseas competition in the way you can fight against an individual or a group of people. So this is what the interests of the media are. They want to focus the reasons for the crisis of men to these indefinable abstractions to make you feel powerless and so that you can avoid pointing the finger at those who really are responsible. And that's what really matters, isn't it? Identifying those who are responsible. Because when we make the responsible parties unique abstractions like technology or overseas competition, we remove any sense of culpability. We can't find who's responsible. We can't probe that abscess with a knife and dig out the maggot infesting the rotting flesh. We just can't do it. And we all know who the responsible parties are. It's the elites. It's the rich. It's the economic elites who find it in their interest to denigrate, marginalize, and destroy the concepts of masculinity, the traditional concepts of masculinity, so that they can make more money, so they can destroy the family, so that they can outsource whatever they want to outsource, so that they can continue to earn salaries, and earn is a sketchy term, but I'll use it anyway, that are 10,000 times greater than what the average worker makes. It suits their interests. And social decay be damned is their philosophy. They don't care. They don't care what the results are. And this is why you see traditional masculinity in American culture and West and the West in general marginalized, denigrated, and shamed on a constant basis. Almost every movie, almost every TV show, in the media, the websites, the mainstream media, it's always being forced down our throats how... Uh, men are uh, need to be domesticated, are somehow defective, have a problem, and if only they became like women, everything would be great. And this is the conditioning that's gone on for the past 25 years at least, maybe longer. And all of this had a goal, whether unconscious or not, and that goal was to increase the amount of control over the population, to destroy the power of the man in the family unit, and to make everyone under the control of an authoritarian system. There's simply no other, there's no other conclusion that can be drawn from an objective evaluation of the trends. There's no other conclusion that can be drawn. And this is why traditional structures have been systematically dismantled across the board. 
And this is something that the mainstream media will do anything to avoid talking about. So I wish I could say that this was just a temporary trend. I wish I could say this is not the new normal. I wish I could say that this was just something we have to ride out and that it will all be well again in another five years. But that ain't the case. We can't assume that's the case. We have to assume the worst. We have to assume that this is the condition that will be normal now from here on in. And we have to accept the fact that we have been dealt a hand of cards that's probably more difficult than any generation in this country since the Civil War. And that we're facing a spiritual crisis, a cultural crisis of extraordinary magnitude because they want to marginalize us. Whether they say it or not, whether they know it or not, that is the way the trends are moving. But we know what's going on. The one thing they haven't counted on is the awakening of a small number of people that will spread and will grow gradually over time as things get worse and worse. And those are the reasons why we've written what we've written. That's the reason why I write the things that I write. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. This is a spiritual crisis. The only way we can fight a spiritual crisis is with a countervailing spiritual ideology of renewal and renovation. And in my books, I've always tried to exalt the virtues of men who have tried to overcome obstacles, who have broken through barriers, who have blasted through adversity, who have displayed moral courage. These are the themes that I write about and that I will continue to write about. This is not an accident. Everything I've done has been towards this goal from 2013 onwards. Look at the stories. Look at the examples. Why do you think I pick these historical examples? Why do you think I pick these ideas to talk about? Because we have to internalize these lessons. Because no one has taught anyone these lessons. We've been stabbed in the back. We've been betrayed. You know it, and I know it. It's not going to do us any good to whine about it forever and ever. What we have to do now is prepare the way for our spiritual renewal. Because we can't look for solutions in the economic sphere. Because economics is a transitory and fickle science. Here today and gone tomorrow. The only way we can recover our balance is through our own spiritual renewal. And once that happens... We won't need to ask permission for what we need. We will simply take what we need. And that's the difference. That is the difference. We need a renaissance of character. We need a renaissance of values. A renaissance of ideology. And these are the things that I've been writing about since 2013. And you can find it all there. It's all there. The greatest lessons are the lessons learned from the examples of our ancestors. These are the tried and true examples that have stood the test of time. And only by studying these examples 
can we ever hope to regain our spiritual and cultural balance? And we all know this on some fundamental, on some instinctive level. We may not be able to verbalize this feeling. We may not be able to quantify it. But on some level, we all know that it's true. You know it, and I know it. But we have to do it. We have no choice. Because all we've got is each other. That's all we've got. We can't expect any help from on high. The elites, the 1%, they don't care. They don't care at all. Success comes when you realize that no one is going to help you, that no one cares. But we do care because we've been in the trenches with you from the beginning. We've been right here, hooking and jabbing. And I will continue to be here for as long as it takes, for as long as it takes, until our flag is flying from the spires until our flag is flying from the spires of the fortress that fortress of the mind that will conclude our podcast here tonight I'm Quintus Curtius good night